I'm Lauren Clash Schneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Heather Christian, composer of Oratorio for Living Things, produced by Ars Nova at Greenwich House. Hello and welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. You bet. And we're just going to dive right in, acknowledging first that Oratorio for Living Things was nominated for six Lucille Lotel Awards. And it's described as a sweeping world premiere that infuses the classical oratorio with blues, gospel, jazz, and soul. It unfolds the complex layers of what it means to be alive and in our relationship to time. So, Heather, where did the impulse to create such an expansive piece come from? Um, Well, lots of different places. Um, I... I'm, I'm, I'm going to start at the total beginning, which mm-hmm. is um, when I was 11 years old, um, I started cantering and uh, music directing at the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. um, primarily because I was one of the only people in the congregation that could carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> um, but as a result, um, I sort of saw behind the scenes um, of religious ceremonies very up close and understood how much of it was theater. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I just think that what it meant to me is that theater, theater in 360 degrees, like that of church mm-hmm. and like and like that of the musical theater that we see, um, has the capacity to really um, change people on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. And we don't often um, in the musical theater uh, take the mantle of that responsibility (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. and potential. Um, And that's been something that I've been trying to do um, probably in the last 10 10 years of my career is trying to figure out how theater can um, speak directly to to people in a maybe less narrative way in order Mm -hmm. to get at um, whatever it is that we feel that we are missing, um, we are craving. Um, or we need to be a little bit more patient about being contemplative with. Um, so I knew that uh, I wanted to do a piece about time mm-hmm. um, when I took the commission with Ars Nova, but I spent probably the first four years sort of <laughs> dancing around what that meant, um, <laughs> and doing a lot of research and a lot of reading. And it wasn't until I stumbled upon um, an Italian uh, physicist, his name is Carlo Bovelli's, uh, it was a new work at the, at the time. It was his newest work. It's called The Order of Time. Mm-hmm. And I had an incredibly uh, emotional experience reading that book. Um, I had what I'm now calling like a nigh on religious epiphany because I was able to grasp a lot of the concepts in um, advanced physics for the first time ephemerally, like for six or seven seconds at a time. And in those moments, it made me feel like I understood the world a little bit better um, mm. and uh, put me at ease for those six and seven seconds. And so I was like, okay, I want to do a piece that gets at that, at that mm-hmm. feeling of what it is to understand things, even if it's just for a flash of a moment and feel um, where I am in, in the middle of all of this um, earthly noise um, mm. So that's that's kind of where it came from. It's quite extraordinary. Going back to you in the Catholic Church, you describe being raised as in an avant-garde Catholicism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
you've alluded to it a bit, but how has that maybe influenced you as a composer now, particularly with regard to oratorio for living things? Um, I feel like it's a massive influence. I, um, I don't consider myself practicing Catholic anymore. I feel like that, that should be stated for the record. Um, I grew up in a house with, um, I'm the descendant of New Orleans Catholics. <laughs> so I feel like avant, that's why I say avant-garde Catholicism, because there's a lot of things about New, New Orleans Catholics that are very specific regionally to them. There's a lot of African influence. There's a lot of Haitian influence. Um, so the things that we do, other Catholics probably would, uh, would think are pretty bonkers. Um, (laughs) um, but I've had a, um, I'm also a a literature nerd and I've always had, uh, I've been drawn to sacred texts and how, um, abstract they are, how poetic Mm -hmm. they are. Um, and, um, how often we look at sacred texts. I'm using air quotes. You can't see me, but that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, We strip them of their historical context um, and things become pretty dogmatic and pretty uh, exclusionary um, in a way that I don't find is helpful to be living as a modern person, trying to be generous and kind and um, calm about the, the barrage of what it is to be alive right now. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, uh, but I do see that members of my family who are practicing find a deep sense of relief and a deep sense of comfort um, within the church. Um, and so I am craving giving an alternative um, option to those of us who can't fully get behind dogma. Um, who want to continue in our paths of curiosity at figuring out um, <laughs> what it means to be here, why the hell we are here. Um, uh, so I've been trying to think about it in different angles with all of my work. In oratorio, I feel like what I'm really trying to do is with music, because music, music just kind of does that, right? Music makes yeah. everything okay. Music makes everything sort of graspable, even the impossible things. Like if you can hear it in fugue, you can kind of grasp that there is a harmony within the Mm -hmm. chaos and the dissonance in a way that you can't really explain with words. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a, that's a big, that's a big reason of why I wanted to make it and why I wanted to um, make it an oratorio, which felt like a declaration of you will not get plot. Um, (laughs) you you will get a thinking exercise in music and the whole focus of the piece is going to be about that music. Music will be first. Right, right. And I love that Ars Nova commissioned you to make Mm -hmm. a piece. And could you talk a little bit about when that happened, how it may have come about and where you went with it? You've described a little bit, but it's, it's always so fascinating. (laughs) <laughs> so my relationship with Ars Nova started years ago. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to say in 2010, um, when I, they asked me to come in and play a gig with my band for, <laughs> um, for Ant, like during Ant Fest, which is a new plays, new works festival that they do. Um, and then, uh, there was this one gig that I did in 2012 
um, that I kept with them because I kept coming back to play gigs. These just one-off things. Um, and they had let me know, they were like, you're on our radar. (laughs) (laughs) When, when you figure Mm -hmm. out what you want to, what you want to do with this, um, Mm. you should let us know. And there was a moment in 2012 when I had a gig with them. The gig was actually one week after lightning had struck my apartment building in Brooklyn and burned everything down. Oh, and, (laughs) and it was, it was weird. I was in this place where I was just sort of like, I'm not going to tell people my house burned down because that's embarrassing. Um, So I didn't tell them, (laughs) but I was incredibly emotionally fragile when I walked in and when I walked in I sort of had a hyper awareness of the kind of people that I was agreeing to spend my time with at that time, because I had just gone through this enormous thing. And I realized when I walked through those doors that I had walked into a place that I felt really safe. I felt really seen. I felt really respected. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I started to request and apply for uh, more time with them in different capacities. I was in a uh, playwriting um, workshop with them, writers group with them, uh, with mm-hmm. Rachel Chafkin, with a, a play that we were writing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, sort of, I mean, I had maybe done 20, 20, let's just say 20 gigs or projects or something, readings. I went into, I went in for um, Great Comet. I auditioned for Great Comet. Oh. <laughs> um, before Ars Nova sat me down and they were like, we are interested in talking about, um, about commissioning, about commissioning you. And in a sense, I, I'm, I am now like in retrospect, really grateful that they had taken all of that time to really vet me and given me the time to really vet them because it really feels like an intimate relationship. Um, and there's a whole lot of trust. Um, and there's a whole lot of listening and especially given the pandemic, like we've been in this relationship uh, making this show for seven years. I think I said mm. at the speech at their fundraiser that um, if Oratorio for Living Things was a child that was born of that first meeting, they'd be going into first grade right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of how it came about. Um, oh, thank so. you so much for sharing that. And, and thank you so much for sharing your insight and reminding us about musical theater and change on a cellular level and of course oratorio for living things is doing just that and we thank you heather oh thank you i'm lauren clash schneider with heather christian composer of oratorio for living things presented by ars nova at greenwich house thank you thank you